Who's on school holidays? You all are. You just don't know it if you're not at school. So there you are. Who's excited about school holidays? Who's doing, who's doing something fun in the holidays? I am. I'm actually going to Adelaide this week. I'm, I'm in Adelaide a few days this week, and then on Saturday next week, I'm actually flying to Newcastle. I'm spending a few days in Newcastle, then I'm heading to Sydney for a few days. So I'm actually going to be away. Is it next Sunday? That's next Sunday, I think, isn't it? Yeah, next Sunday I'll be, I'll be away. I'll be actually uh, in a church up in Newcastle, visiting my brother and his family, and then actually heading down to the Hillsong Conference. So I oh know you guys are going to have a great time. You're going to have a, a ball without me, um, but uh, I'm looking forward to this next week. And uh, Appreciate your prayers for, for Rochelle, too, with uh, all the kids. But anyway, um, I feel like I should just say, too, there, there is another one on the way as well. But I don't know if I should say that right now. But anyway, there we are. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I was talking about school holidays, wasn't I? Happy holidays. Who, who wishes they never had to go to school? <laughs> A few teachers are putting out their hand. Who wishes they could eat lollies every day? Chocolate, lollies, chips, every day, whenever you wanted you know that moment when you go to the cupboard and you think, I want chocolate, I want lollies. And you go to the cupboard, you go to the spot where there's chocolate, you go to the spot where you think mum might have put the lollies and you look, but there's nothing there. Anyone ever had that feeling? I hate that feeling. There should always be a little bit of chocolate just in case there's a craving. Or maybe that's not good, not good advice at all, I'm not sure. Anyway, but the reality is, think about it for a moment. Imagine you never went to school. How sad would it be if you could never read or write? I was just so impressed and, and blown away by our, our kids' church guys reading up here this morning. I think that's fantastic. And I want to say, guys, God can use you to speak to people. He can use you to speak to us as, as grown-ups. And don't ever think that you haven't got a voice to speak for God. I think it's just awesome to see you guys up here speaking for God this morning. How sad would it be if all we ever ate was lollies? Some of you are going... No, it wouldn't be. <laughs> what do you reckon? Would that be sad? <laughs> Some parents are going, uh-huh. <laughs> but if you only ever ate lollies, do you know how much energy you would have? <laughs> None. Because your energy, your strength, your health, it doesn't come from lollies. Lollies are good fun. I, had, I have these things when I'm bike riding. I had a race yesterday, and I have an energy gel sometimes. It was a 60K race, about 20Ks to go. I had an energy gel, and within about two minutes, my whole body just went... Zing! Ready to go. And lollies are nice like that, aren't they? They give you a real zing. But if all you ever ate was lollies, you would have no energy, you'd be unhealthy, your teeth would be falling out, and you wouldn't have energy, energy to run around and play. How sad would that be? Very sad. What was my next point? I can't remember. I was just really sad about that. <laughs> Who loves exercise? Who loves exercise? All the kids are putting their hand up there saying, we will have to run. You're going to be able to in a little bit, don't worry. Um, some people hate exercise. Sometimes we have a bit of a love-hate relationship with exercise. Well, I, want to, I want to read to you a verse. I haven't got my clicker. Anyway, physical training. This is what the Bible says. Physical training, in other words, exercise is good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Because you know what? The Bible says if we get to know God, if we know Jesus and we put our faith in Him, it gives us life for eternity. You can train and be healthy in this life, but if you don't know Jesus as your Saviour, the Bible says we will all be judged. And it's good to train and be healthy, but if you had to choose between the two, I'd rather be totally unhealthy and know I'm going to heaven. Anyone with me? Fantastic. <laughs> 
Today we're going to hear about some people, and we've been talking about the book of Nehemiah. We're going to hear about some people who, who heard about God. Who, who loves hearing about God in kids' church? Yep, you don't have to put up your hand. Fantastic. <laughs> we're going to talk about some people, and you can read about it in Nehemiah chapter 8. But these people heard God talking to them. They heard God's instructions. And do you know what they did? They cried like babies. Thank you, Sam. Sam didn't cry like a baby. She gave me the clicker. <laughs> They cried like babies when they heard God's instructions. And I'm going to read it to you this morning because it's a kid's uh, family service, I should say. It's not a kid's service. It's a family service because some of the oldies love this more than the kids do. So um, I'm going to read to you this morning out of the Jesus Storybook Bible. And uh, I think it's on the screen for you too. Um, Actually, if you click again, it'll go a bit bigger. So we're going to read from... This is based on Nehemiah chapter 8 but uh, a slightly different version. Have you ever been to a party that lasted a whole week? A whole week, that's a long party. How about a sermon that went all day? You're about to, just kidding. (laughs) Well, that's what happened to God's people after they came home from being slaves. I should show you the picture, except you can see it anyway. They'd forgotten God wanted them to live. How God wanted them to live, or who they were supposed to be. So Ezra and Nehemiah read them the rules God had given Moses. And you guys have learned about Moses this year. But something odd happened. The more the sermon went on, the sadder they all got. That would never happen in this church, I'm sure, that you would never get sad as I preach. Why? Was the sermon that boring? No, not really. It was strange, you see. As Ezra read the book of rules, it worked like a mirror. It showed them what they were like, and they didn't like what they saw. They saw that they had not been living as the way they should. They saw that they were cruel and selfish. We've blown it, they cried. Now God will punish us. They thought they knew what God was going to do, but they didn't. Of course, they might have picked up a clue from Ezra's name, which means help is here, and an even stronger one from Nehemiah's name, because his name means God wipes away our tears. And that, as you'll see, is just exactly what God was getting ready to do. Ezra looked at God's children. Great hot tears were welling up in their eyes and streaming down their cheeks. He stopped his sermon mid-sentence and shut the book. We're having a party, he shouted, or something a little bit along that line. And so that's exactly what they did all week long. God wants us to be happy, Ezra said. All day they listened to stories about the wonderful things God had done for his people, how he made the world, how he gave a special promise to Abraham, how he rescued them from slavery, how he spoke to Moses and showed them how to live, how he brought them to a special land, how he told Rahab to tie the red rope on her door, how he rescued them. No matter what, time after time, over and over and over and over and over again. It doesn't have that many overs. but Because of his never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. They remembered how God had always, all through the years, been loving his children, keeping his promises to Abraham, taking care of them, forgiving them, even when they disobeyed. Even when they ran away from him, even when they thought they didn't need him, God kept loving his children. 
Who's ever done something and maybe not realised straight away that you're doing the wrong thing, but you've done something and then later realised you were doing the wrong thing? Maybe it was a little bit like this. And you didn't realise you'd done anything wrong until you heard, Who walked in the house with dirty boots on? Has anyone ever done that? Anyone ever seen that at home? Anyway, I should have told you not to put your hand up. (laughs) Or maybe it's like this one. Who left the tap running? (laughs) A few people are going, oh no, the shame, the shame, it's coming back to me. Or maybe it's this one. Who left the lights on in the car? (laughs) It happened to us last week. (laughs) And you know that feeling when your stomach sinks because you know the teacher knows what I did. Or mum knows what I did and your stomach starts to throb. It's like your stomach beats. It has its own heartbeat. Has anyone ever felt that feeling? I hate that feeling. (laughs) Have a listen to what it says in Romans chapter 3. This is talking about the law and what God says. Obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuse. And to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law shows us how sinful we are. The the, the Old Testament, the law showed the people how sinful they were. They realised that they needed a sacrifice to cover their sins. But what happens next in Nehemiah? Let's have a read from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8 to 10. It says, they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, remember there's 42,000 people in Israel at this time. They're explaining it all and then he says, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share the gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It says, The people had all been weeping. And he says, Go and celebrate, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Has anyone had that dream? I'm revealing something here. Has anyone ever had this dream where you wake up, you get ready for school, you get ready for work, and in the dream you, you, you go to school, you go to work, and you're going about your day, and you're thinking, why is everyone laughing and pointing at me? And then the moment comes and you look down, and you don't have any pants on. Has anyone ever had that dream? Good, I'm so glad it wasn't just me. Because I was thinking last night as I was thinking about this, I'm thinking, this is going to be really embarrassing. I'm the only person this has ever happened to. But can you imagine how embarrassing that would be if you actually did it, kids? If you went to school, you went to kinder, and you got to school, and you got to kinder, and, and, and you looked down and you go, oh, I haven't got any pants on. That would be really embarrassing. Has anyone ever done it? No, no, I hope not. <laughs> but think about it for a moment. How sad would it be if you're getting ready for school, you, you, you're ready to go, you say, bye mum, going to school now. And you go out the front door, your mum sees you walking out the door in your underpants and didn't say anything. 
And then even worse, you go and you get on the bus and the bus driver sees you without any pants on and he, he doesn't say anything. And how embarrassing would it be if no one told you that you didn't have any pants on? But you know what? God, God loves you so much that he tells you you don't have any pants on. I mean, it's not physically, but God gave us the law. God gave Israel the law so they could see the shame of their lives. He could see the things that they'd done wrong. He didn't want them to keep doing the wrong thing. He knew if they, they disobeyed what God had planned for them, it would hurt them. And God doesn't want us to get hurt. God doesn't want to see us weeping and crying and in, in, in tears because of things we've done or whatever it is. God loves us. So he tells us, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Guys, we, we, they're reading the law and they're getting sad, but Nehemiah says, don't be sad, celebrate, because God loves you so much that he gave you his law so you could see what he is like and see that it's him who forgives your sin. In other words, you know what? God's laws aren't for his benefit, they're for ours. God's instructions, his commands aren't for him, they're for us. In other words, you might say religion says, give up the things that give you joy and try and make God happy. That's what religion says. Religion says, do these things and try and do these things and you might be able to please God enough to get to heaven. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, obey me and you will find life. Do you know what? That's one of the verses that, that brought me to, to Jesus, that made me see that my life is in his hands and uh, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus wants to give you life and life to the full. As I said before, Nally went home as one of the most joyful people I've ever met. Even in death, she was full of joy. John chapter 8, verse 12, says, Jesus speaking, says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And you know what? You might go through some really hard things sometimes, and it might feel like the world's pretty dark. But we don't have to live in darkness because Jesus, the light of the world, has come to live in us, to give us hope and to fill us with joy, even in the, the hard times. We know we're sinners. We know we've done the wrong thing because God's written His law on our hearts. The Bible says that God was going to write His law on our hearts so we would know what is right and what's wrong. Who knows that they've done the wrong thing sometimes? We all do. And that's why Jesus came and he died for us. And today, let's not weep or mourn because we know we're sinners. Let's celebrate and remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to sing another song in a moment. We're going to sing. I'm going to ask the band to come. We're going to sing. And we're going to remind ourselves of who God is, of what he's done, about his amazing love for you and I. That even though we walk mud through the house, even though we do stupid things and ignore God and, and even who knows what it might be. He loves us and he wants us to come back to him. And you know what else we're going to do? We're going to celebrate because we can know about Jesus because of his Bible, because of the word of God. We're going to sing, we're going to remind ourselves, we're going to celebrate. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you know what? Another way to say that I think is when we find our joy in God, he makes us strong. Because if our joy is in God, nothing can take that joy away. 
Romans 8 tells us that no weapon formed against, uh, sorry, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing can ever separate you from God's love. No bully at school, no thing that happens in your life can steal the joy of God if our joy is in Him. So we're going to sing this next song. Can we stand and we're going to remind ourselves, we're going to sing and we're going to celebrate this morning. It's for us. And I'm going to invite the the Bubs Church to come up on stage now and uh, you may be seated. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to continue to be encouraged in God by the Bubs Church now. I'm going to invite them to come. Where's Rach? Rach and the team. Come on, Bubs Church guys. I need you guys to help me with the next part of my message. Fantastic. I just want to say again too that if you would like to get involved with Bub's Church, I know Rach would love a few more helpers. We want to see a few more helpers in Bub's Church. Um, who wouldn't want to work with these wonderful, beautiful people? <laughs> Thanks, Rach. So yeah, we've had a, a great term. We've been learning, we've been going through the Old Testament and we've been looking at um, the verse Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And these guys are going to help me with the first part. What is it, guys? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And we've been doing stories through the Old Testament of people who trusted in God even when sometimes it didn't make a whole lot of sense, even when they weren't sure what God was doing. Um, so we've got some photos and we're going to go through our, our song, our Colin Buchanan song that tells us the verse. And we made these when we did the story of Esther. And they are crowns with our verse on them. So do you guys want to, anyone want to put up a crown? You don't have to. Sorry guys about the glitter again. Because I know last week, you've only just gotten rid of last week's glitter. Um, the Bub's church room is going to have glitter all over the floor forever. That is never going to go away. Would you like this one on? All of our Bubs Church leaders um, this term, we've, um, we've have had a really great term and we've got uh, myself and Josh and Rachel Pafanis, Mandy Green, Kane Fleming, Cheryl Chappell, David Coop, Matthew Coop, David Bailey, Vanessa Bailey, uh, Pam Payton, Deb Holland and Grace Shannon. But it does take a lot of us to run Bubs Church and we do have a couple of openings if anyone would like to join us. Fantastic. Before these guys go down, we need them to help out this morning because who knows the Bible says that we should have childlike faith? Childlike faith, shouldn't we? Absolutely. And kids enjoy the simple things in life, don't they? And we're going to remind ourselves to rejoice in the Lord. We're going to remind ourselves to have a childlike faith and... Who knows God made bubbles? I think God chose to make bubbles so kids get excited. Anyone agree? So I, I need these guys to be my helpers this morning. And do you want to take these around and see if you can give one to every person in the church? Who, you want to take a, a box? Um, I might need some of these guys to actually maybe grab a handful maybe. That might be better, mightn't it? Do you want to run? Can you take them to as many people as you can find? And uh, maybe if you grab two and pass them on to someone else. And, we're gonna, and what we're going to do this morning is we're going to have some fun in church. Uh, maybe 
Yeah, do you want to take a handful? There you go. You take, you take those ones. Do you want to take those ones and hand them out? And do you want to help? You help Spencer, and maybe Rochelle. You can give that. I, I, I want one too. Here's one. Here's one I prepared earlier. Uh, this morning we're going to have some fun in church because God wants us to have life and be joyful. Would you like to hand something out too? Uh, do you want to help Joseph and Spencer maybe? Thank you. And maybe if any adult sees any child with bubbles, um, please help them pass them out. And I want every person, hopefully we've got enough, to hold some bubbles. Oh, hang on, keep the caps on, keep the caps on, keep the lids on. And what we're going to do is when the music starts, when I count to three, when I count to three, we're going to try and fill the whole building with bubbles. I want to see bubbles everywhere. I want to see bubbles filling every space that's not occupied by a person. And we're going to try and see how many bubbles we can blow. But when the music stops, the lids are going to go back on. Okay? Can we do that? When the music stops, the lids go on, and then hide the bubbles so all the two-year-olds go, where did the bubbles go? And they don't cry that way, because they won't be able to find the bubbles. So, no, 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 lids on for the moment. Lids on, lids on. So when the music starts, has ever, anyone not got bubbles? Oh, here, oh, here you go. Here's one lot of bubbles. We, we need more bubbles down the front here. Um, probably the bigger kids, I think. Um, so are we ready? I hope this doesn't take too long. <laughs> Hands up if you still need bubbles. Hands up nice and high. So we can see where those bubbles need to go. Because we need to, uh, we need to find little things to celebrate sometimes. Sometimes bubbles might be the only thing you can find to celebrate. <laughs> uh, are we ready? We, we need a few more bubbles down the front. Hang on, here's, here's another packet here. Ready, got? Um, yeah, you, let's, let's just stand up. Okay, is everyone ready? Has anyone not got bubbles? Oh, here you go, Grace. Okay, on the count of three. Let's get that music ready. Three, two, one. Everyone blow bubbles. And we want to be full of life. Let's not be people who look like they've swallowed a lemon. Let's be people who are joyful and let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Fantastic. You did well. And, and just to let you know, there's more bubbles coming later. Anyway, um, <clears throat> where was I up to? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Have we got the second? Oh, well, well done, Bub's Church. Great job, guys. Oh, blow. There we are. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's not in bubbles that we find joy. But bubbles are a gift from God, aren't they? Amen. <laughs> we, want, we want to have a childlike faith. Just really quickly, in the one minute I have left, <laughs> the second part of Nehemiah chapter 8 looks about the, at, the, at the festival of shelters. And to be honest, the festival of shelters or fef, festival of tabernacles or booze or sukkot or in-gathering, it was, it was, it was known, uh, is basically a, a festival celebrating the, the end of the harvest, of all the blessings that God had given I was also remembering the time when they lived in tents in the wilderness. And do you know what God's instruction was? Let's look at it really quickly. Uh, as they studied the law, they found the command to, to obey the festival of shelters. Verse 15, he, said, he had said that a proclamation should be made throughout their towns in Jerusalem, telling the people to go up to the hills, get branches from the olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm and other leafy trees, they were to use these branches to make shelters in which they would live during the festival, which is a week long, as prescribed by the law. 
Now, these people, actually, in Jerusalem at the time, they might not have had good, decent houses, but they had houses, they had homes, they lived in them, and then once a year, God instructed them, go up into the hills, find some sticks and branches, make a little shanty house, and live in it for a week. Now, who'd like to do that this week? Does anyone want to join me? Let's go camping in a little shanty house, and it's minus two degrees in the morning, I've got to remind you. What a... Can I, can I, can I say what I, I think a lot of people would say? What a crazy instruction. Why do that? You've got a decent house. Why go and live in a little shack for a week? But you know what? God's instructions sometimes don't seem like they make sense. Sometimes we don't understand what God tells us to do. Maybe kids, you've been learning something in kids' church and you think, that's weird. And sometimes God's instructions seem a little weird. But who knows best? Does God know best or do I know best? Do you know best or does God know best? God knows what's best for you. God knows what's best for you. He knows what we need. And that festival was to remind them that God is their provider. God's the one that delivers them. God is the one who is their shelter. He's the one that they should shelter in. And you know what? God's given us some commands. I'm rushing through this. God's given us some commands. His laws aren't for His benefit. They're for our benefit. So when you read the Bible, when you read what Jesus taught, don't think, oh, well, I've got to do that because otherwise... God won't be happy with me. God's commands, God's instructions, Jesus' instructions for us aren't so that God will feel better about himself. His commands are for us to know life and have life and be a bringer of life to others. Uh, he wants his light to shine out of you to those around, around you, wherever you go. God's given us some commands. He's commanded us to rejoice in the Lord always. He's commanded us to never stop meeting together, to, to find ways to encourage one another, to spur each other on in living for God. Thirdly, this is just three, pray about everything. There's a command from God. We should pray about everything. Why? Because God wants us to update Him in all the gossip? No. God knows everything. But we need to pray to God. We need to bring our requests before Him. We need to submit our desires. We need to come to Him in prayer. We need to talk to Him about the things that are happening in our life because it's good for who? It's good for us. God doesn't feel small when we, when we don't pray. But you know what? We can feel really small and insignificant when we don't pray. His instructions are for us. When we've learned about God's instructions, His commands for us, they're for us, not for Him. We're going to take communion now. I've asked if the stewards would come and hand out communion. And this morning as we take communion, we remember his sacrifice and we're celebrating his victory that he has won for us. We're going to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Let's not weep or mourn because we see what Jesus had to go through, but let's celebrate what Jesus has accomplished for us, that Jesus would love us enough. Do you know what, kids? Jesus loves you enough that he came and died on the cross for your sin and for my sin. And this morning, if you've never said, thank you, Jesus, that you died for me, this morning you can ask God to forgive you for the things that you've done. And the Bible says the moment we ask for his forgiveness, we are forgiven. The Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and will enter into eternal life with him. So as you hold the biscuit, as you hold the, the cup of grape juice, let's celebrate, let's remember well, let's be filled with joy because it's what God has done that makes us strong. 
Let me just read to you this verse from Romans chapter 3. Thanks, Fred. Romans chapter 3, we read the first part earlier, but reading on from verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law. We don't live under the Old Testament law anymore. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the God's glorious standard, yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. Freely makes us right in His sight. We don't have to try and keep earning our salvation. It's there by faith. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us, not partially, not a little bit. He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right. He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No way. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith from start to finish. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. When we find our joy in God, he makes us strong. No weapon formed against us shall prosper because we know our lives are in Him. Our joy is in Him. Our life is in Him. This morning, let's eat and drink, celebrating and remembering what Jesus has done for us upon the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you so much for your love. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace. Lord, we don't deserve your love. We don't deserve all that you've done for us. But Lord, you are good. You are so good. And Lord, I pray today that as we go out from this place, that Lord, we would just be filled with a joy in our salvation. That Lord, no matter what challenges we face, even, even this afternoon, God, that Lord, we would know that your love has has come. Lord, you have done all that needs to be done. And that, Lord, you've come to live inside of us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to go out from this place as your ambassadors to tell people about your love, the hope that we have in you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to find our joy in you and that we would be made strong as we do. I pray this in your name. Amen. We're going to finish with a song now. And I'm going to say, feel free to open those bubbles as we sing, nothing is impossible. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things because it's you who gives me strength. Let's put our joy in him. Let's find our joy in Jesus this morning. Let's celebrate what he's done.
And let's go out from this place to be his witnesses. Thanks, Sam.